As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. If you've, especially if you've been sped out by the CHM, mm -hmm. and I can only speak from the CHM point of view, I would find a CHM church and run as far away from it as you can. <laughs> I, I know I that's know. a bit of a I joke. Know. And I, I don't say that to yep. offend, because I know there are CH, know. some CHM people that listen. But I'm telling you, the dog bit you once, get a new dog. Okay? Mm -hmm. there, yep. there, and there are some good people there. However, like I told somebody the other day, my son, who's getting ready to be born. Mm-hmm. I don't trust them to not screw him up. Yeah. Phil Sparks and I'm an alcoholic. I'm sorry. <laughs> wrong meeting. Wrong meeting. No, you alcoholic. <laughs> Man. That goes back to like the, one of the first first episodes we did. Sometimes oh. all, uh, all these meetings start running together. You they know? do. We have inside jokes on inside jokes. <laughs> oh my goodness. We gotta. We might as well jump right into it. We Let's got go. so much stuff to get into this evening. Yes. We have a guest that I've been looking forward to for forever. You've been telling me all about it. I yep. have. I'm excited for I've it. I've been just rattling off this name that none of you guys knew I about. I know. We were like, well, he's so excited about this, that, and that. And I'm like, well, this is great. What do you see on the show? <laughs> Tonight we have Don Van Zant. Contrary to popular belief, you know, that does sound like Don, you should be like in a Southern rock band with that name, man. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I've heard the Skinner jokes my whole life. Trust me. Oh, oh, <laughs> Dang it. I mean, I'm not original. Yeah. <laughs> Don is the host of the Lost Mission podcast, which is very good. If you get a chance, check it out. You do more like uh, on your podcast, you've done more like in-depth Bible studies and such, right? Yeah, absolutely. Break it down, um, you know, topics, legalism, things like that. It's very good. I've listened to some of it. And I highly recommend it. And so, Don, you come from the holiness movement, but you come from, mm -hmm. is it kind of like the same thing as uh, the, the folks from Brian Holiness, like the Pentecostal side of it? Absolutely. Yeah, we're um, essentially the same. So similar to what you guys are, mm -hmm. the holiness movement, but we are the, the Pentecostal element of that. Sort of a mixture of Assembly of God theology with the old school Wesleyan Keswick mm -hmm. um, perspectives. 
So yeah, yeah, we're the Pentecostal side. We're, we're the crazy ones. It's kind of like um, our church now, the crazy church that we go yeah. to now. <laughs> no, I wouldn't say that too fast. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> that's true. True. <laughs> Don't think I'm going to the tongues over here. <laughs> and, and that was that was, was that one of the, that was probably the big difference, right? Yeah. And because of that, uh, we were to be sworn enemies, Don, and we we were to shoot on sight if we ever thought. <laughs> so, <laughs> like your zombies that come at you with saying these weird things so you know like just shoot them like you know (laughs) oh Oh, that is so great well hey it was the same way for us don't worry we were like you know there's those other people that are holiness but they don't believe in the holy ghost we're like why 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 do all this separated stuff if if you don't if you don't get to roll in the floor for a little while oh my goodness (laughs) at least have some fun man (laughs) yeah i think you guys did have more fun in your services than we did we had some I would want you to guess. I, I know they, they like, like to get loud. I know that for well, our group sure. did too. Our group did yes. everything but speak in tongues. I'm talking like yeah. running around. Some people jump over church pews, stuff like that. But, Which isn't even Bible because it's obviously something because Paul well, talked about it. I mean, what, what, which are you talking about? It's not Bible. Like uh, uh, their prohibition on tongues? Talking about, yeah, they don't even like want to address tongues at all. I'm not going to lie. I'm still trying to figure all yeah, that out sure. because it was so, and, and maybe Don, maybe you can actually enlighten yeah. me a little bit. It's one of those things that was. It was one of those things that was just so hard preached against, but it was right. never really explained. Right. You know? Right. And so growing up, yeah. now I go to a church where the pastor believes in it, but they, they don't really push it. Right. And so I sit there and I'm like, what do I think of this? You know? Right. And so I've, I've been trying to do some digging on it and it's. Um, it's been just hard for me to grasp. Maybe somebody else can, you know, figure it out. Oh, it's it's so it's such a complex topic. I mean, it, it, whether you want to approach it, you know, biblically, or if you want to approach it like sort of pragmatically, the science behind it, all of it. It's there. There's definitely a lot, a lot to it, and you know, even now. So it's been it's been some time since I've kind of changed my views on things like tongues. But even now, I still look at some scriptures and I'm like, man, I just I really don't don't know where I stand. Um, you know, I, I'm, I'm not for, you know, doing backflips off of the stage and, you know, <laughs> right. deep dives into the bad or anything like that. You know? <laughs> Crowd surfing. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> oh, goodness. I can picture yeah. it. Yeah. Okay. Let me, let me just say, let me say this, this little story first. Um, so, <laughs> oh man, I'm going to get in trouble for this. I know. Oh, little, no. little, um, now you got to say it. Cause so one, of, say one, it. one of the last, like, super like Pentecostal services that I ever saw. Uh, the preacher was there and he was preaching some sermon. I don't even know what it, what his message was about. All I know is at one point he told everybody in the church, everybody stand up. So everybody stands up. He says, I'm going to count to three. And when I count to three, I want everybody in this building to jump. So he one, two, three, and the whole, the whole place starts to jump and jump and jump. They're running and they're shouting, speaking in tongues. And meanwhile, I'm just kind of standing there looking around at the <laughs> spectacle. And I'm thinking in my mind, you remember that um, early 90s rap song from House of Pain? Uh, jump around. Yep. You yep. know, that, that's yep. all that I've got in my mind. You know, I pack it up, pack it in. <laughs> Let me begin. <laughs> Oh, no. Well, I mean, to be honest, I didn't know if you were describing a, a church service or a Luke Bryan concert. Right. It's, it's very similar, yeah. you know? <laughs> yeah. Probably I mean, a little more wild than a Luke Bryan concert. <laughs> I, there, I mean, there's things that I've seen that I still can't, I still don't know what to think of, you know? Because sure. 
in services because like ours would be um i never saw exactly that but i did see some wild stuff and i heard some wild stuff referenced mm-hmm. from like the you know 60s mm-hmm. 70s apparently it got pretty wild in the chm yeah and um some of the things I've seen, I remember sitting there and like feeling like, you know, like sitting there and tears coming to my eyes and you're crying and stuff and sure. thinking what I was feeling. Mm-hmm. But looking back at it now, I really don't know what it was. You mm-hmm. know, I, I have no idea. It's like um, because afterwards, like especially at some churches I'd go to, there'd be this wild stuff that would come out later. And you're like, oh, boy, um, you'd think if we were as close to close to God as we were all proclaiming. Right. Uh, some of this stuff shouldn't have been oh, going on. Sure. You know what right. I mean? Right. Yeah. And, you know, I, I try to be kind and gracious with people um, surrounding their experiences because I had I had many, many, many through the years in the Pentecostal church mm-hmm. of my own very high emotion, powerful experiences, you know, very mystical. And so I want to be kind to that. I, I do think there's some reality to it. Like, I think we can actually know God on a very real level, mm-hmm. you know, right. and that, that can impact us. And, I, and, I'm, and I'm fine with expressive worship. But I do think that there comes a point when you have to look at it and say, look, we need to slow down. You know, Um, there's a reason why Paul tells the church in first Corinthians 14 to let all things be done decent and in order, you know? Right. Right. Um, So so I want to be kind to people. I really do. Because for me, at the end of the jokes, like I I loved, I love the dog on this this issue. You know, I like to just, just give people a hard time about it. (laughs) But at the end of it, I want them, I want them to know that I get it. You know, I, I, I'm not discounting what may or may not have happened in anyone's life. But even with that in mind, scripture has to win out. You know, yes. God has to be true and yep. every man a liar. So, right. so I can't take experience and put that above what the word of God teaches. People, people struggle with that, you know. They right. Do. right. I mean, like even David, he only I only know of one incidence where he actually danced so hard his clothes came off. It wasn't like he was doing it all the time, <laughs> you know, like he, he was able, he was a man after God's own heart. So like you have your moment, you dance till your clothes fall off. Okay. God obviously ble- like liked it because he put a curse on um, Michael. Good point. However, I cannot endorse yeah. the activity that you just <laughs> Well, uh, yeah, we don't need Holy Ghost strippers. We found it. We found the title oh. to the show today. There's no, there's not a chance in hell. I can make. <laughs> I thought that was great, man. That was good. That's oh it. wow! <laughs> Dance your clothes. Me, come on. Hit me out of the blue with that. One. <laughs> I love it. It was great. I didn't even mean oh, to get on this topic, but it is good. It's good. It's interesting because a lot of us from the CHM and apparently from, did you guys have a, um, an abbreviation, Don, or were you guys just considered the holiness movement? Yeah. Well, just, just in probably the past year or so. And I think that honestly, people like myself, Natalie, uh, there's another guy, Daniel Allgood. I don't know if you know Daniel or not. Oh, yeah. um, I, I come Daniel's across great. Daniel. Uh, okay. So you, okay. You, you yeah. know him. Um, <laughs> but with the, the holiness movement has kind of gained the, the HM moniker so okay. but my whole life it was just the holiness church the holiness movement they didn't even like to be called pentecostal even though they were pentecostal. really so wow that's it, interesting. it never really made sense to me yeah you would you would hear them get up in the, the old timers you know get up testimony service and they'd say you know well we're not we're not pentecostal i'm like yeah yeah you are like they would say that and then they would take off speaking in tongues <laughs> like, <laughs> um, okay so so what's the difference like between apostolic pentecostal 
and like assembly of God. Like there's different yeah, branches of things. We, we I have no all, idea. Yeah. It was called the tongues crowd. They'd always preach yeah. against the tongues crowd. Yeah. It, so it was, <laughs> and it was just all kind of lumped together. So <laughs> the ramblers. There's, there's definitely common ground. Um, and, and it's been a minute since I've really gone through the history of it, Okay, but they all have their connections back to, um, Azusa street in California, back to Topeka, Kansas, William Seymour, Charles Parham, um, sort of the, the early pioneers of Pentecostalism, um, through the early 1900s on up through sort of the, um, that, that whole, that whole century really was a, a time of great Pentecostal revival. And early on the apostolics who I don't think they were referred to as apostolic until maybe 30, 40 years ago. Correct me. I mean, somebody feel free to correct me if I'm wrong there because I don't know apostolic history, but um, so they split off early on and kind of went their way with the oneness doctrine. So they don't believe they deny the Trinity. Um, oh. They believe, you know, in, in some sort of modalism um, that, that the father, son, Holy spirit are all the same person. So they split off early on. So from there, the Assemblies of God kind of began at some point, and I, I don't know much of their history either, but there was a group that was very fundamentalist that held to the old holiness standards, holiness doctrine, and when the Assemblies kind of went their way and, and began to form, the independents broke off and essentially became not even really an organization, just a group of independent churches all across the country that held to the holiness standard and held to the Pentecostal doctrine as well. Okay. Oh, I see. All right. I see. That's interesting because the conservative holiness movement, they split off. Uh, this would have been probably the fifties that started mm -hmm. this. Um, yeah, I mean, they'll claim it back further, but um, I know BMC Church was fifties. Yeah, they split off like the uh, Nazarene Church, the right. Wesleyan uh, because Church. The Nazarene one did like the TV and the yeah. How other. dare they? Yeah, they were. <laughs> yeah, sinners. <laughs> the devil box. That's what they always called it. The devil box. The, devil the box. sewer pipe. <laughs> yep. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah, that, okay. that's interesting. So you guys, um, your side came off of like the um, what'd you say it was? It wasn't called the apostolic movement at the moment at the time. No, no, the apostolics were the one this side. Um, but okay. they all have their roots back into probably around Azusa Street. Um, there, especially in Oklahoma, where I'm from, there was a lot of migration back and forth from uh, California to Oklahoma during the Great Depression. People looking for work and all that. So when they would come out to Oklahoma, they would start these small. <clears throat> one room cottage prayer meetings and revivals and uh, brush arbor meetings. And from there, most possibly all of the holiness churches in my area kind of have their roots. So you're talking probably earliest would be the forties on up through the fifties and the sixties. They began to really be established in the seventies. You know, your camp meetings and things started mm -hmm. probably in the late fifties, early sixties. Um, I, I would assume it was probably very similar to how it was with you guys. Oh yeah. Sure. Um, sure it is. But yep. uh, yeah. And what gets me about it, um, I don't mean to get ahead of the conversation, but they, they, they make reference to the old time way, right? Mm -hmm. you know, we, we need the, we need the old time religion. I'm like, you mean 1952? You know, <laughs> I know. <laughs> Doesn't God go further than that? that <laughs> what about the thousands of years before? Yes, I exactly. You know? I was just talking to a, um, he's actually a, an ex holiness pastor the other day. And he said, that he's had this same conversation. Mm -hmm. He said, they'll say, because our side makes the exact same references, right. uses some of the exact same language. And uh, they, you know, the old path, the old fashioned way, the mm -hmm. old time, uh, old time holiness, you know? And he's like, okay, how old? Yeah, he right. said, are we talking about, you know, 1900? We're talking about 1950? And he basically made the same argument, Don, that you did. He said, because we all know that the holiness movement is not 
um, this unchanging thing that they say that they are. Mm-hmm. He said they move oh, yeah. with the times. They just stay like 20 years behind. Right. Yeah, they're slowly <laughs> accepting things 20 years too late. Yeah. Like, oh, that wasn't oh, so yeah. bad. As soon as it gets out of style, all of a sudden it's you can do it. I heard a sermon just, oh my goodness, a month ago. And the, the, the guy that's preaching the sermon, he was a holiness man. And he was talking about this new internet that the, the, the churches oh. are getting. Oh, <laughs> I'm like, no. New? Come on, guy. New. <laughs> so, yeah, 20 years. You're pretty much spot on. Oh, man. That, that was like. You got that worldly internet. Y2K. Like, that was the end of the world, man. <laughs> I'll, give you, I'll, give, I'll give you one. There was a preacher that used to come around to the camp meetings and revivals and stuff when I was a kid. And he would preach that he would rather have a six-inch sewer pipe yep. coming into his living room than he would have the internet in his house. And I'm like, dude, that's a, uh, <laughs> when you really break that down, that's a fairly irrational statement. Right. <laughs> but it's like, it's, it's like either you have like one or the other. Like you said, the logical fallacies. You're like, you're uh, like yeah. totally against it. And I'm like, yeah. no, there's always a plan C and D and E. Like, mm-hmm. why are you making it one or the other? Like, yeah. there's other options you we'll can make have. It like a false dichotomy where you either don't have the internet or you have the internet and you go to hell. It's like, right. no, there's other options, dude. <laughs> there's other options there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Uh, exactly. Like, I really don't want six inches of sewer piped into my living room, you know? No. I'm going to keep my internet. If and neither do I want um, triple X stuff on coming home my TV either. Like, there's other right. things. You can have filters. You can block right. things. Like, they're, yeah. I can... Um, I'm trying to figure out how we get into the. I'm, I'm not exactly, you know, Howard Stern over here as far as being able to rush, rush Limbaugh. I'm not exactly a master of a microphone. Um, so there was a, a sermon that I came across, and I figured that Don would be a, a great one to go over it with yeah. because I'm sure he's seen. Well, he's seen one side of it, and we've seen another side of it. So I like how we have, like. Yeah. However, I think on this, on, on the. And give me your thoughts, Don, on the standards, they call it. Mm-hmm. I imagine we were pretty spot on close together. I wouldn't be surprised. In what we saw. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I don't know exactly. I, I really don't know a lot about the conservative holiness movement. But from what I have seen, yeah, there is a strong emphasis on works as it relates to salvation. And that if you don't hold a certain standard, you might be saved, but, you know, probably not. You're probably not. You're confused. Right. Yeah. Not sure. You don't so have confused. light on it yet. Yeah. So right. confused. Yeah. Yeah. You're not listening to the Holy Spirit right now. So <laughs> that's oh, what you're told. Yeah. That's kind of how. Oh yeah. That's kind of how it's portrayed. So I figured, because me and Canaan were talking about this, because a lot of the conservative holiness movement nowadays, especially the ones that you see live streaming, mm-hmm. are the more moderate ones. They're still crazy on some stuff. Mm-hmm. But they're not as crazy as like the church that I grew up in, which still to this day doesn't uh, thinks a lot of the conservative holiness movement is too worldly for them to associate with. Like facial hair, you have to stand in the back. You can't come. Yes, on these the were all things that happened. Yes, yeah. the guy had a goatee. He became a Christian. They said we want you to come up and sing a special. However, you have a goatee, so we're going to ask you to stand at the back of the church because a goatee is in fashion, and therefore. And they still let him sing. Oh yeah, yeah, he could still sing. He just couldn't sing from the platform because and I'm like, so did they like have to bring a microphone back to him? I mean, how did that? I don't really know that, how that what was the logistics. <laughs> he still is getting the attention of the entire crowd. Yeah. God is everywhere. But what that, they did was they embarrassed him in public. Isn't that pitiful? Yeah. Yeah. And that, it that's had true. the that's effect you point. think it would have I, on it. Oh, 
later it wasn't long sure. after. It, it, it was doesn't like, I'm make done. sense. This is this is crazy. Sense. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Wow. I've yeah. seen that over and over. And again. the thing is, if, if your group is anything like mine, that guy's the bad guy. Yes. It's not the yep. leadership. Yep. It's not the not the pastors, not the elders of the church. That guy's the bad guy because he wouldn't comply. He wouldn't shave his his beard because you know he's just he has this worldly mindset. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's never about maybe maybe we should be gracious, you know? Right. Well, they were like, well, we let him sing though. That like, that becomes the whole thing of well, we wanted to hear him sing. I, I'm sorry that embarrassing him though. Like that's that's not necessary. Yeah. Well, even in the allowing him to to sing is a is a manipulation tactic. Sure you know? is. It's, mm-hmm. it's what they do in hopes that if we let this guy sing enough times mm-hmm. or for us, for some reason, the drums were like, uh, um, one of those points to where, eh, I could be kind of worldly big play drums, you know, one of those kind of things. <laughs> and so, so if they let somebody play the drums, like, well, well, maybe, maybe he'll, he'll come around, you know? Um, but, but I'm like, no, everything you're doing is just to manipulate this person. It's you're dangling the carrot in front of them, yeah. you know? Yeah. And it's it's all about conformity. You have to conform. Do as we say. Yes, that's hundred percent. Yeah, you want to fit in with us? Well, you go ahead and you dress like this. You do this with your hair. You do this with it. We were just the whole, not- the whole mm-hmm. time they're preaching, don't conform and don't fit in. Right. While they're demanding right. the exact that you same fit thing, in. <laughs> which makes no oh, sense. Oh yeah, yeah, no sense whatsoever. Yeah, I actually had to tell somebody recently that um, wanted to disagree with me over, um, you know, some, some issues you know, tell me how worldly I was and all that. And I said, well, let me just, let me just slow you down right there. You think about it. You are a part of a system that has Mm -hmm. a specific set of rules as a set of guidelines, a dress code, places Uh you can go places you cannot go. And none of these are from the Bible. They admitted that like, these are not biblical. I'm like, so then you've admitted to me that your system is a world system. You're the one that's worldly. Not me. You're the one that's being Mm -hmm. worldly. Oh, wow. I was just talking to a friend about that today. Because she was feeling like she has to dress a certain way to just fit into the crowd and be accepted among that group. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's, the exactly they, the that's the pressure they bring. Yep. Yeah, it wow. is. Wow. That's, that's very interesting, Dawn. I, I never thought of that as an argument against it, but that's that's 100% it's, right. It's if it's true. not from God, then it's of this world. Therefore, it's worldly. It's a Pharisee thing. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And well, you know, one thing I've, I've had to learn, and I'm, I'm still learning, and I'm trying to do this as as less than critical as, as I can, because I've been very critical and I know that I have, and I've had to spend a lot of time thinking about that, praying about it, you know, mm-hmm. but, um, <laughs> is, sure. is how, is how to, how to show grace, you know, to these people, because there is a, there's a strong element in them that they want to please God, you know, and they yes. feel like that these externals, you know, that they, that they are pleasing to the Lord. Mm-hmm. And so you, you want to give room for that. But once they start to tell me that I have to adopt their perspectives, I'm like, well, no, no. Right. No, not according to scripture. I don't. There is such a thing as Christian liberty, you know? Right. 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 And, and why is it that if you find a church that you like are comfortable going to and you want to be a part of, why is it that you have to abide by those rules? I'm not understanding why is that necessary whenever it's not biblical? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I've, I've always wondered oh, yeah. that because like we're, we're forgiven. We're trying to make it to heaven. You're doing exactly what mm-hmm. God wants you to do. Why is that not enough that we have to add man-made rules? It's almost like we're saying that the Bible and the Holy Spirit aren't strong enough to get you to heaven, that you have to add your own rules to things. Well, that's exactly what Christ dealt with, with the Pharisees over and over again, when he would tell them, you've heard it said, and he would name some random thing from like the Mishnah or wherever Mm -hmm. and uh, name some random thing. Then he would tell them, but I, but I say unto you, he would bring clarity and show them what the law is, show them what God um, intended for people to be doing in the first place, you know? 
Um, and I, I see that so much within the, um, the, the holiness movements is a lot of me having, having to have conversations with people saying, well, you've heard it said, right. this is what you've heard, but this is what scripture actually teaches on, on the issues, you know, I don't know how to describe myself. I, I just tell people like I'm a Christian. I, right. I've, I've studied a lot of the other ones I find good in mm-hmm. a bunch of them, you know, then I find stuff I don't agree with. So I say that to say, I'm, I'm not a Calvinist. I, I like a lot of like reform theology and stuff like that, but R.C. Sproul did a sermon on the, uh, he called it the tyranny of the weaker brother. And he talked mm-hmm. about a lot of this stuff and he brought something to light that I really hadn't noticed before. He said, you think about how roughly that Paul dealt with Peter when Peter was trying to add to what it took to be a Christian. Right. With circumcision. Oh, yeah. Adding Jewish um, traditions. Yes. Mm-hmm. yes. Adding. And he said, Paul said, I confronted Peter to his face. He said, yeah. he didn't say, I took him off in the back room and we talked about it. He said, I confronted him to his face. And, right. and there's also this verse, it depends on which translation, how they word it. But I, I think it it's, uh, might be even the ESV, I forget, where Paul was dealing so harshly with that. Mm-hmm. He said, I wish these people that were stirring you up about circumcision would emasculate themselves. Or uh, like the King James says, I, I wish that they were cut off. He's mm-hmm. like, wow. He was very upset about it because they were adding things to what it took to be a Christian. Absolutely. Yeah. And like, okay, for, for a new Christian, that is so, so damaging. Because yes, it is. We were just talking about that today for like an hour, like mm-hmm. when I was coming home. I'm talking to my friend who's a new believer, which I am so, so absolutely. I'm, I'm yep. thrilled for her. I'm so glad that she found Jesus after this time that she's been struggling. But then sure. I get so worried about her, like just her soul, because she is trying to do everything back to the church way, the old time way uh-huh. and following the man-made rules. And I told her, I said, don't get tripped up in following man. Yep. When you do, you will lose your soul and everything at the end. And it will not you you will go to hell faster than you will like wearing pants sure. and cutting your hair a lot of people and just try to do what Jesus up. wants yeah, you to they, do. Exactly. Yeah. It's so hard to, to try to follow. Yeah. yeah. Cause like, like yeah. she said, she doesn't know what to believe. So she follows along with what the church says. Yeah, sure. Which is such a scary thing. Sure. The powerful thing to me about the grace of God is that even in the midst of those situations and circumstances is that for a truly saved person, um, the, the spirit can prevail. You know, so they can be brought up through legalism like I was, like you guys have been, and the spirit can work in them in such a way that even if they stay inside of these conservative movements, I'm fine with that. If somebody wants to be that, have a good time, do your thing, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, but he, the, the, the spirit can keep them. And I don't, I want to find, you know, for me personally, I want to find peace in that to know that whether you feel the need to be incredibly strict, almost pharisaical. The, the spirit can keep you in that. Or if you want to go to the other side where it's liberty, the spirit can keep you in that liberty. Um, do you guys know uh, Stephen Boyce? Stephen Boyce. I'd... Why does it sound familiar? Um... He is a former um, IFB guy, and Stephen is awesome. Um, I had him on my show a couple of different times. Um, we He came on, we did an episode on, on legalism, and he talked about the weaker brother. And he really gave me a, a little bit of a warning there because I was really focusing heavily on, on the liberty element of things. And he, he said, well, you know, you need to be careful there because just as much as there's basically the ditch on one side of the road where they say, don't do anything. We know that's the weaker brother because they don't trust the grace of God. We know that. Right. He said, but what we've proven too many times with those of us that have come out of that and want to flaunt our liberties is that we've proven we're still the weaker brother. It's just on the other side of the ditch um, that. Instead of allowing, you know, 
the, the, the spirit to humble us, for God to work in us. We just say, oh, look at me. I have all of this liberty, you know, and we cause people or if we're not careful, we can cause people to stumble. Yes. Um, so there, there, there's a moment of care associated with that. Because trust me, most of the time I want to go after these guys. <laughs> like I want to go out and crush it. Yes, I know. I'm the <laughs> so, same way. Uh, but I don't want to cause somebody to stumble along the way. Right. Absolutely right. And I can see like my friend's point because she's kind of like, I just go all the way extreme right. And then like, as God directs me, I will let up on certain things because she's afraid of missing it. She's like, I'd rather be completely mm-hmm. right than completely wrong. And I'm kind of like, yeah, I get that to a point. But you also have to like follow what the Holy Spirit is telling you and like guiding you and, yep. and your devotions and and like don't don't just follow a church just because that's the way you've been taught all your life. While our parents I love our parents to death, like I I know that they did the, exactly what God wanted them to do, but everything they taught us isn't necessarily to the point Bible where, where to even like, some of our family is now admitting that and coming yes, up themselves. Yeah, yes. and, and saying, hey, oh, you know. Wow. Where we, we actually, um, we did that just because the church wanted us to do it, or that was just how they did it. Or, well, in hindsight, twenty twenty. You know, exactly. we, we all believed it while we were in. Right. But um, it really comes down to, to me, I never had the rebellious face. I'm to me, it was never really about, either. okay, you know, I'm just being held down here. Uh, I want to go sow my wild. It was, it was never that for me. It was, I would have questions about something. I'd look at what the Bible said, and I would realize something was wrong. Something was off from what I'd heard mm-hmm. all those years. Right. And it just started like this domino effect. One thing would fall and yep. then another one. And finally, I'm like, ooh. So to me, it's not how far can I go. It's this search for truth. What is true? What is right? What does yes. the Bible say? What does the yeah. Bible say? Exactly. And that's what's brought me to where I am right now. Yeah. Oh, you are so right, man. You are so right there. Um, I remember when I was youth pastor, um, I had a lot of teenage kids. And, and you know you know how teenage kids are within a holiness structure. Mm-hmm. They want to know. And their, their question are usually very surface. Why can't I wear this? Why can't I go there? Why can't I watch that? Oh, yeah. And so we would go to Sunday school. Every Sunday, I would get just loaded down with these questions. And our pastor at the time, there were several younger preachers um, inside the church. Um, he would meet with us all once a week, once a month, we'd have dinner and just kind of talk about things. And so uh, I brought that up to him. And he said, well, when, when they ask those questions, you ask a clarifying question. Ask them when it comes to the answers, say, can you handle it? And if they say they can, then you give them an answer to their question. So the next Sunday rolls around and we come into Sunday school. They start loading me down with all these questions again. So I just got out a a notepad and a pen, started writing their questions down. And I said, all right, guys, I'm going to have some answers for you. But can you handle the answer? They're like, yeah, yeah, man, we can handle it. So I took all their questions down and said, I'm not going to answer anything today. Give me a week. And went back and got my Bible, started to dig and look for answers and try to find, you know, why why they could or couldn't do whatever the thing may be. Did all this work, all this research. And this is this was sort of an, an awakening moment for me. Like I said, I was youth pastor. Did all the research. I texted the pastor on like Friday and said, hey, here's the deal. I asked them, can they handle it? I've written down several questions and tried to search out as biblical answers as I could, because I was hardcore holiness at the time. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, so sure. my answers were probably pretty bad. <laughs> um, but, <laughs> but so I said, I'm going to teach this lesson Sunday. I just want to run that by you before I do it. He said, and the pastor told me, he said, why don't you hold off on that and let me deal with it? And I thought, huh? Okay. Yeah. Well, you're the boss, whatever you say. So I, I had to restructure, go back and basically let those kids know that I felt like I'd lied to them that I wasn't going to be able to answer their questions after all. 
and just teach some random Sunday school lesson. And, and those kids were super disappointed. Right. And, and that's one thing. But that pastor never, to my knowledge, never circled back to those questions and gave those kids an answer. When that happened, when that happened, it really caused me to step back and think, why? Yeah. I feel like I have answers. And now I look back and realize they were bad, but I feel like I have answers. He has the same answers I'm going to have. I know he will. Why won't he speak on these issues? Right. Yeah. Because he knows his answers are bad answers. Yep. He knows what, what he would say <laughs> is not true or biblical. And so he can't say it. Yeah. He just has to enforce it. That's, that's the way goodness. it goes. How many times do you hear any kind of discussion? And, and I don't know how it was on your side, Don, but on ours, questions or even things that we would, if we wanted to discuss something, it was always portrayed from the stage. Like mm-hmm. I said, anybody else would call it a stage. We call it a platform. Yeah. You know, this magical yeah. place where the preacher right. stood. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and the, behind the sacred desk, you know. Right. And, uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> but it was always portrayed as you're just wanting to argue. Yes. Or you just, mm-hmm. you're rebellious. I found one of the serious, uh, stereotypical responses today. What was that? Well, it was a guy, he had posted something completely stupid. And people started calling him on it. And he's like, are you being rebellious? And that's yep. how it was. Any kind yeah. of discussion, any kind of in-depth questioning was discouraged. Yep. And they used fear tactics to keep you in line yes. because they could not they can't answer. honestly answer those questions and still keep the same position that they held. Right. Yeah. It's a lot of gaslighting. It's it's a lot of them coming out and you say, well, hey, I want to know about this thing. And like you say, their their response is not an answer. It's, well, you're rebellious. Yes. No, I'm not. I'm asking a legit, sincere question, you know? You're under obligation to defend your your position, right? And, and like the Bible even says, be prepared to give an answer. Yes, and, and like you you mm-hmm. can't even follow that and be like, hey, if you have a new believer in Christ that has questions, we're supposed to go to the elders or the bishops or or whatever it is in the church that the experienced know it all. I, I I would say that very very respectfully because we're supposed to go to the ones that they they know the answer, the pastor, mm-hmm. and they aren't going to address things and they're not going to talk about the difficult issues. Right. Well, a lot of these issues are, they're, they're, they're issues of the intellect. They're things that, that mm-hmm. you need a rationale right. for. Right. And most of the time, the answer that was given to me was, well, just pray about it. Prayer doesn't answer intellectual questions. Um, <laughs> yep. prayer, prayer speaks to the heart. It changes the heart. It definitely does. And I, I'm not discounting prayer at sure. all. Sure. I greatly believe in the, in the power of prayer, but you can never pray and pray and pray and pray and understand the common Johannium from first John five, seven. Mm-hmm. Like that's not how that works. You yep. know, yep. you have to do some study and research. Right. Well, it's like um, the pastor that we addressed uh, mm-hmm. early on, right. You know, uh, back what, six, six, eight months ago that was using all these straw man arguments against people that took our same mm-hmm. position. And he said, you have questions, read God's word. <laughs> and I remember Canaan getting kind of aggravated. He's like, I am. Yes. But no matter how many times I read it, it's not going to say what you want it to say. Right. You know what I mean? Exactly. And, 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 but and it keeps acting like, yeah, the answer is right there. And I'm like, it I'm is. Like, where? Where? But it's not where the same you? answer you got. <laughs> right. Yeah. Because, You're like, there's 66 dang books. Pick one and tell me what it means. <laughs> yeah. And, and at the moment you do read the Bible and you'll be like, okay, yep, I got my answer. This is, this is it. They'll be like, no, that's not it. And you're like so confused because you went and you got the answer that you were looking for. Like you are so sure of it. And they'll still tell you, no, that's not, you don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. 
I was oh, yeah. kind of like, yeah, what? yeah they, they, <laughs> they appeal to their, their superiority so much. Yes. Mm-hmm. Like if you do some research, come up with an answer that's different than them. Well, you're just wrong just because like you, there's no, like, I can't tell you why I'm not going to give you any reason, <laughs> but tr- just trust me, brother. Just trust me. I've been in this a long time. Yep. Right. Uh, just trust me on this one. You're I'm wrong. Like, um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm like, I'm not trusting you guys anymore. Right. I don't really know what you're talking about. Well, and, and I don't think that Christians should blindly trust. I mean, you no. look at the, you look at the, at the Bereans mentioned in uh, what is the book of Acts? They were yep. dub, They were fact checking an apostle. Okay. Oh, good. They're like, what you're saying, we're going to make sure that what you're saying lines up with the scripture that we have, Mm -hmm. you know, and and I could be uh, wrong. I was, I was just reading about them today and I could have completely, um, you know, gotten it wrong. (laughs) From what I know, you're right. Yeah, you're right. And so to me, it's like, okay, that is a model for modern Christianity Mm -hmm. because there's a lot of people out there that if you just take them blindly, right. Next thing you know, you're in Guyana drinking Kool-Aid. You know what I mean? It's so true. (laughs) It is so true. I don't want to drink the Kool-Aid. I don't. (laughs) (laughs) And you know, that's something else that Paul, he actually echoes that in Galatians, the first, it's either first or second chapter. When he's, when he is giving his validation of his gospel, he is so firmly convinced in the gospel that he tells the Galatians, he says, look, if we, so he points back to himself, he and his ministry companions, if we were an angel from heaven, he even appeals to higher authority. Yes. If an angel appears to you and preaches to you any other gospel, he doesn't just say, well, just don't, don't listen to that guy. He may not know. He's like, no, let this guy be accursed. Yep. Um, and yep. so I've never one time heard a preacher say in any, any substantial way, you know, they'll make these passing statements, but I've never heard somebody say, look, here's what I believe. You open that Bible and you you prove me wrong. And if I'm wrong, I'll repent. I had, I had to tell at least one, maybe more than one, like pro-Trump prophet uh, <laughs> back during the election. <laughs> <cycle>. <laughs> oh, you're right. Yeah. Um, uh, he said, oh, in March, it's all going to turn around. In whatever month, it's going to uh, turn around. I said, all right, well, I'll make you a deal, brother. I said, when this day rolls around and when this doesn't happen, I want you to publicly repent and confess of your sin of lying. We just don't. Oh, no, about no, brother. It's going to happen. Like, All right. Yep. I know. I know. Yep. It's, it's some people flat out have made fools of themselves lately. And don't get me wrong. Oh, yeah. I voted for the guy. However, twice. Yes. Voted for him twice. <laughs> However, I, I see reality. And no matter what Greg Locke said, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> you mentioned him. <laughs> you know, I mean, I mean, at, at one point it's like okay, like okay, come on, yes, I was wrong. Like, yeah, and, and it wasn't just him, by the way. There was, a, I think, yeah. I heard a a uh, mashup on Recovering Fundamentalist one time. They played like all these clips of these guys are like Trump will be, and I'm like, oh guys. Uh, wow, y'all look rough I, now. I, I really, I really like like where they were their dream like their little yeah. fantasy world like in the perfect mm-hmm. in a perfect america of what we know to be like oh like, like die hard yes let's go america yeah yeah trump's gonna win but i hate to say it he didn't so yep. come on we have to move yeah, on now yeah oh and, and if he ever does like if he gets elected again this next election cycle you know oh you these guys are gonna have a heyday oh like, we I told, told you, you. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I told you we knew we like, knew you, you didn't believe nothing. us yeah you just told right. the world you were an idiot is all you told us <laughs> yeah oh i know but it's it is so cringeworthy um <laughs> let's see how we want to get into this here i got a couple of time stamps on this really what brought this up like i, I started saying that some of the more moderate holiness churches you won't hear a lot of this from 
So, and I felt like a lot of people, even some of my friends I talk to now who were in another little branch of the CHM, they're like, eh, I never really heard that. And I'm like, and sometimes I started questioning myself. I was like, did I make it out to be more than it was? And right. then all of a sudden, that, you know, pot of gold landed right in my lap. It I'm like, right here it is. Lap. I found it. I remember when you found this, you were like, it's here. It's yeah. right here. I wasn't crazy. I wasn't crazy. Here it is. <laughs> they're, still, like yeah, they're still preaching it. They're still there. <laughs> like, look over here, guys. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> and so this look guy. Up in here. <laughs> look in here. Tony Hudson from that picture guy. Yes. I've got many laughs. Oh, on. no. Um, I. I don't want to say the guy's name. I'm really not even sure the guy's name. Like, honestly, <laughs> it's been hard to track down his name. I found right. it, so I don't know what's going on there. But it's not to, like, send people his way. He doesn't way, want people to know his know. name. <laughs> yeah, like all five of our sure. listeners all of a sudden <laughs> angrily texting him. <laughs> <laughs> the masses. Yeah. The masses. Who <laughs> yeah. broadcast and Don Van Zandt sent me. You know? yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I'll just let his words speak for himself. I'm sure there's okay. people listening that will know who he is. And so this was a typical sermon on, um, the whole sermon was on dress standards. Okay. And I remember hearing this at like, uh, these kind of sermons at like Clinton camp. I was even at camp, uh, camp Gilead was in Mount Gilead, Ohio. Uh, they had a guy come there one time. I remember my, remember my mom telling me, she said, this guy come to the camp and he said, uh, well, he was up preaching. He was one of the evangelists and he was preaching how he was getting people saved by using the internet and they took him to the airport and sent him home early. Oh my, oh my goodness. Yeah. It was one of those. How Heaven dare forbid you? that we use yeah. the internet. We don't believe the internet here. Saved. I don't care what you're doing. You pack your crap and you get out of here was basically the response. I heard some crazy stuff over the years, but this guy here, he's, um, he kind of gets into it some, and I figured we could get Don's take on some of this. Okay. Yeah. I yeah. want to hear this. I don't think I've heard this. I don't believe at all friend that we have missed the mark as some may think but dress is a very popular subject just look at England look at Paris look at Hollywood tell me they're not it's not important to the world of course it is and that yet let of course you, you you take an individual and they can write I mean mountains of stuff on fashion and all that stuff that goes on but let a preacher get up and say well here's what God says then people began to kind of start taking little cheap shots at them. Ah, they're just a rabble-rouser. Or they say things, and these I've all heard, okay, and let me just throw them out to you. They're, the biblical, they, when they talk about this matter of adornment and all that kind of thing, oh, they're non-essentials. They're preaching on externals. They're just man-made rules. And we all just, we can do our own. We have our own ideas. I actually stopped him there because uh, he didn't go quite as hard strong man as I maybe thought. He actually made some pretty good arguments <laughs> against himself. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, he's like attacking his own, what he's getting ready to say. But yeah. I, I will say... Like, yeah, he did the work for you. Yeah. <laughs> Show's over, folks. Okay. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> we proved our point. Next. <laughs> I do like the little... Me and you've been talking. I've been looking into what logical fallacies. I heard mm -hmm. it on some like sure. the Order of Man podcast or whatever, and they presented a the false dichotomy, which, and I think I'm new to this whole thing, but I think could be right there. He's saying that you either agree with me because it, he, he said that the preacher's saying how God feels about it, how God thinks about it. So, or, so that presents two options either you agree with me or you're against God. 
Right. He's saying mm-hmm. that he is the voice of God. So mm-hmm. whatever he says is God's view on things, which in Hollywood, they, they obviously don't know God at all. So they're, they're going to have their opinion about things. But never mind that the preacher is actually preaching his own opinions. But it's the voice of God, oh, sure. according to him. Right. <laughs> but yeah. Well, and, and it's the, the ambiguities, too. Um, he, in a very ambiguous way, mentions Hollywood mm-hmm. and the way that they dress. Well, mm-hmm. But he doesn't say anything. Is it the fact that they wear socks in Hollywood? <laughs> right. Or, uh, right. What I mean, does Hollywood do? The right. problem, you know. And so, and then he turns that around to say, "Well, Hollywood is bad because they dress away, and I'm right because I'm telling you to dress a, a certain way." But he doesn't mention anything right or wrong on either side. He just wants you to know, look, what I'm going to say is right. <laughs> you right. Know? And I, if you right disagree, here. then you're disagreeing with God. I'm like, no. Yeah, <laughs> I have seen that time and time again to where these preachers will. They will speak so vaguely to where you're like, okay, what exactly are you saying? And I think they do that because if they came out and actually said it, people would be like, that's baloney. Right. But it's it's easier to just kind of like hint at it. Yes, because then your mind, you start like processing things in your mind and it'll be like, well, I never said that. God told you that. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yes. no, yes. no, your imagination is just going wild. <laughs> I now believe that it's wrong for me to wear white socks. Right. I mean, that's the first thing that comes yeah. to mind. You know what I mean? They're like, yeah. well, yeah, yeah well, they, they tried to hijack the Holy Spirit. You know, they, they've tried to Ooh, that's good come time. in and make this, this ambiguous statement and say, oh, that's just the that's just the spirit working in your life. I'm like, no, because the last I checked, God is not the author of confusion. I wasn't confused before I heard your load of bullcrap. Right. You know, I, I, I'm not confused now, you know. So I, you're, you're trying you're trying to do something that, that God it's God's job to do, you know. Yes. Right. We'll go on here and, and this isn't the the whole sermon just for, I want people to understand, you know, if it sounds like we're jumping around a little bit, I am because I've had some highlights really. I wanted to hit of it that we could talk about. Or you will follow the satanic fallen world. Okay. I, I started that one a little early. What he's saying is you either follow us or you follow the satanic fallen Which world. Which is that uh, false. An extension of what we were just thousands, talking about. Yeah. You have two options and nothing else. Mm-hmm. Malloyd said, dress for success in that book. He said, you can elicit anything you want from any individual on how you dress them. If you want to dress them to be a father figure, I can tell you how to do it. If you want to dress them to be like a successful man or a woman, I can tell you how to do it. He said, if you want to dress for the sexual appeal, I can tell you how to do it. Interesting, isn't it? He said, you can find that and listen, anything that you want. And I find that's interesting because, you know, we have certain things in our mind and our heart that we believe and think. And I don't know how many times I've been to the barbershop. I've been in town standing in a grocery line or I've been several places. And two things they ask me almost every time. Are you working in the stock market? Oh, yeah, man, I got lots of money. (laughs) (laughs) But the other one, probably the most common is, you're a preacher, aren't you? (laughs) Okay, so you either have the most crooked people in the world, or you have the the follower of God, like, or the the man of God. That's the issue I see here, and there's, he talks about this later on, we probably won't, I probably won't play it, but he talks about a lawyer going into a courtroom. Uh Uh-huh. And he was talking in this area, he was talking about wearing loud colors. He said, do you see a lawyer going to a courtroom in a polka dot suit 
loud colors and stuff. He's like, no, because that guy's trying to portray conservatism. He said, or do you see him when he takes his jacket off? He's got short sleeve shirt on. He's like, no, because he's trying to be trying to look conservative. And I'm like, I'm sitting there. I'm thinking, dude, you're talking about some of the most crooked people in yeah. the world. Using them as an example. And you're using them as an example. And he went on. He's like, you think about politicians. Right. Did they address someone in a short sleeve shirt? He's like, even the Obama, Clinton, people he completely disagrees with. And I'm like, do you not see you're tr- you're trying to make the case for us to dress like Christians mm-hmm. by comparing us to some of the worst people in society. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That makes no sense. Yes. <laughs> yeah, no. Well, what got me what got me about the guy, I don't know who he is or where he's from, but uh he says he goes into the barber shop and they ask him if he's um a stockbroker. <laughs> and <laughs> I mean, does the dude live on Wall Street? I mean, <laughs> no, you know, right. would, um, but it's it's that it's and I, and I see this so much more. It's, it's a more becoming a more common argument, like you say, compared to politician, compared to military. You know, anybody that has a certain dress code or uniform, they want to use or or even I've even heard as small as McDonald's. Well, you have to wear a McDonald's uniform to work at McDonald's. Heard that one? Um, yep. Yeah, right. But it's a false equivalence because. That is not how the church is structured. They're trying to equate the military or politics or McDonald's with the church of Jesus Christ. It is, by definition, a large and a broad encompassing body that doesn't operate on a dress code. Um, these guys are so focused on the exteriors in yes. such a way that God is not. And so they, they want to they so elevate this, this perspective of dress and say, oh, well, because the military dresses this way, well, you have to dress this way too. Well, no, 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 no. The military carries, you know, weapons of mass destruction right. around with them. You know, do you want you, know, you want me packing a bazooka in Walmart with me? Yeah. I don't think that's gonna happen. Like, oh, but you understand, I'm a holiness man. Pow! You know? Right. Well, and like the Bible Just shooting said, chick tracks out the bazooka. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like a money guy. Just go in and start shooting yeah. tracks everywhere. Take um, that sinners! Yes. <laughs> no, but it's true because like we're Okay, whenever you have someone who is like so focused on the outwards, that goes totally against the Bible because the Bible is like not very, it's vague. And I think it's vague for a reason. It says be mm-hmm. modest. It says, and, and then like God looks at the um, inwards while man looks at the outside. Right. You know, that right there just says the outside. If, if your inside is doing what's right, you're outside, you're going to be modest. You're not going to be like trying to get um. Mm-hmm wearing feathers in your hat all the time. Like there's certain things like that. No, I'm not saying feathers in the hat Metaphorical are wrong. I'm just saying like these yeah. things that, you yeah. know, right. like an average person on the street would be like, where is she going? Like, you know, <laughs> well, there's something that, that yeah. kind of struck me too about this thing is you're putting so much emphasis on something that is so shallow. Yeah. That the only thing I have to do to convince you that I'm a good Christian person is to dress like what a stockbroker or a lawyer or a politician that's yeah. all it takes. Yeah. That's it. That's that is seems shallow. to be dangerously shallow. Yes. Absolutely. Uh, I was talking to somebody just recently about this exact issue and, um, you know, holding the standard had come up in the conversation and they asked me, they said, said, well, how can you know, just by looking at a person, um, how can you tell that they're a Christian? And well, immediately the verse come to mind where Jesus is speaking to his disciples and he says, by this, all men will know that you are my disciples. Uh-huh. You have love to one another. Right. Now, the, in the modern conservative holiness fundamentalist context, 
by this, all men will know you are my disciples by the length of your hair or by how long your sleeves are or the way that you do that. That is not at all what Christ said. He said that you should love and conduct yourself in such a way that becomes godliness, that, that by your love. And so, and, and the reason why I think that he is so ambiguous on, or that scripture is so ambiguous on um, things like dress standard, and it doesn't give a specific set of rules, is because scripture is a timeless and across all cultures uh, book. Mm-hmm. And so the way they dressed in, you know, the 1500s, Obviously, it's different than the way that we dress and look now, but the, the principles of Scripture are the same. You know what? Back in 1492, when Columbus sailed the ocean blue, <laughs> his duty his duty was to be loving. Yes. Whether he was or not, that's probably up for debate. I might have chosen <laughs> right. the wrong example there. But the idea is that we are to, to forever show, show love, and that is how people are going to really know. Because I have seen some of the strictest people be the most unloving, and I have seen some of the most unholy, air quotes, unholy dressing people act as some of the finest Christian people that I have ever known. Yes. Uh, because it's not about it's not about how we look. Yes, right. that, that's what I was like telling my friend today. I was kind of like, you know, you can look the part, but if you're not loving people at, and trying to win them for Jesus— I'm sorry, you have missed it completely because it's about the yeah. soul first. I Jesus even like okay, it brings up another topic. You know, like if you're gonna Jesus fed them like on the outside first, but you in order to you have to keep them alive to get to their soul. So like I, I that's how I put yeah. it together. He no. did not say, Oh, you have to go put on a dress first. Right, right. You know, he was like, No, no, no. He said, Come here. He said, Let me feed you. Let's talk. Let's like his, you know. Food always wins people over. I'm sorry. It's, it's, it's just the truth. Yep. You bring <laughs> your donuts yeah, and your coffee and we're going to talk about the Bible. <laughs> Absolutely. Can I get a hey man? Yeah. Hey man. <laughs> Look up in here. <laughs> but you know what they were doing? They were putting those on because they're saying, I'll do the way I want it. It's a whole, it's amazing how that the industry went from no guys would ever even wear hats, baseball hats, or whatever, that's farmers. But all of a sudden, they created a need and a style. And they had one of the great models come out and have a baseball hat on. He had it on backwards. That created a multi-billion dollar business. I'm sorry, I got to stop. Can I say, Don? Don, how are you wearing your hat today? Yeah, how are you wearing your oh, hat today? It's just backwards. It's backwards. <laughs> it was an industry thing that they did. And, and you were convinced, I'm guessing, by a model that had his hat on backwards? That's it, man. <laughs> That's it. You're just following Hollywood. My goodness. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, my yeah, The word. fuzzy faced disciple himself has his hat on backwards. Yeah. Oh, you know no. <laughs> I'm sorry. This. This is ridiculous. This is absurd to say that if you wear your hat backwards, it's just because I'm doing it my way. Okay, that's like saying, I'm going to go back to the white socks just because it's the most generic thing I can think of. The socks that, you know, the ones that come like the mid-calf or whatever, mm-hmm. folding it down. The fo- you've you've heard this? No, I'm just using oh, it for okay, an example. It's just, just like I'm making a big deal out of crazy socks. Oh, they will. They'll be like, because then you turn them, they look like they're bobby socks now. And we wear those when we go dancing. Yeah, in like 1953. Right. I'm like, that was like 40 years before my time. 50 years before my time. No. (laughs) 
Yeah. You're like, okay, I'll, I'll remember that. I'll go down to the sock hop. Okay? Yeah, I'm going to make sure I'm going to hold my socks down so they look like these other socks. Are you kidding me? Yeah. No. Well, you know what gets me about that? It's, it's, it's just more of that cultural appropriation. Um, so he talks about the backwards cap. Um, another one that I've heard made an issue of is men that would wear their shirt tails untucked, you know, just the button down shirt. Oh. Untucked. That, that, that's a, that's a bad thing. Right. Um, but several years ago, uh, I was, I was privileged and it was a great opportunity. I got to spend a couple of weeks in India and for them in their culture, for you to tuck your shirt in was considered inappropriate because you know, men, as they age, they kind of get a little extra down in the midsection oh. and they don't want anybody seeing their fat jelly roll hanging I... over. So you leave your shirt untucked. Oh. Well, I'm like, well, hold on here. Yeah. So if it's a sin in the U.S. to untuck and it's a sin in India to tuck it in, like, what well, I do, well, what am I supposed to do here? I'm so confused. Like, right. like I guess God just, just doesn't know what he's doing, yeah. you know? <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, especially if you take like what the pastor said, like as... God says this is wrong. Like, and he leaves out like the clarification. He should have said, now this is his opinion about certain things. If he would yeah, have and then said once, that. Once he says that, he should, he should absolutely just shut his mouth. Yes. But like that one you guy, know? he was like, I don't think you should have an animal in the house, but you know, I never yeah. liked them. And guys spent how long preaching on having dogs? An hour and a half talking about a dog yes. in the house. And yep. I'm kind of like, but that was your opinion. So you just wasted an right. hour and a half of people's time yelling about dogs whenever that was just your opinion. My, my favorite one is, is when they say things like, like, now I don't have any scripture for this. All right. Well, then uh, just don't say it. Yeah. yeah don't then the say, man it. say Okay. Next point. Stop right there. Yeah, yeah, just, I'm not interested. Just all the time. <laughs> yeah. You're like, okay. Um, are we allowed to go to lunch now? <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Exactly. I'll play some more of this clip. Cause there's some more. I, I want to get your, your take on. Come on, friend. You know, it's true. We went across the campground in many, many of our youth camps. And I what I don't know how long I went and how far I got before I saw anybody wearing a baseball cap the way they're supposed to. <laughs> Come on, somebody say, man, you know it's true. And they did it. They really didn't know why they were doing it, except it was cool. That's not the way it's supposed to do it, so we're going to do it. And they created an unbelievable amount of money. This is where we come, even the bib overalls. We were talking a minute ago. Oh, no. Whenever they make bib overalls, at least the ones that I've ever had, my dad had, my grandpa had, my great-grandpa had, they always had two straps on them. And both of them worked. <laughs> both of them. Sorry. They both snapped up there. You know what I mean? Uh -huh. Have you ever been in the mall sitting there and watched people? I love watching people. Be sitting there in the mall and here comes this big old Galapagos of a guy. He's got his bib overalls on. He's got one up there and the other one's flopping down by his knees. Just flopping away. He's a cool dude. Is this 1992? <laughs> <laughs> Don't, I can honestly say, there's times I wear bib overalls working around the house. Uh -huh. Anytime I've ever had one strap undone or seen anybody else with one undone, the last thing on our minds, and I say our, meaning those that were wearing them, is I look like a cool dude. <laughs> right. Yeah, so cool. So cool. I look like I a mean, Jerry Clower story. They're, they're to life. Yes. <laughs> like Tom Sawyer, like a boy, like just running around. Yeah. You do well, not when, wear when overalls to be cool. Story, the, the only thing I've, he's talking about walking through the mall and you see this cat with his 
one bib undone. I'm like, this sounds exactly like he's trying to explain like a new kids on the block video or, or something. I'm like, like, dude, this is 2022, man. I know, man. Come on. I know. So I bring all this up to make the point. How many times did you hear this man reference? And here's where it says this in the Bible. He didn't at all. This exactly is just right. his opinion. Never. And that's where I feel that the problem comes in. Right. Because he, he first, he starts off saying, um, like, whatever he says, it's what God wants. And then moves on to his opinion on things, which makes you still, like, w- want to follow with, okay, this is the man of God. This is what we're supposed to be doing. This is, like, if anybody knows, he knows we're, we're supposed to trust him. You know, he's a trustworthy individual. There's this thing, too, of where they put, they feel like that they can know what the other guy is intending. Yeah. Trust mm-hmm. me. I see a lot of rednecks and bibs. Mm-hmm. Rednecks is crazy anyways. A lot of them know they're not good looking. So just because one of them is walking weird, <laughs> you can't just imply that because he's got one strap undone that he is proud thinking he's a cool dude. He doesn't so cool. know what that guy was. Yeah, so cool. You know, he don't know what that guy was thinking. And just because a guy puts right. his hat on back. My dad was a holiness preacher. And would go outside and we'd eat with his hat on backwards. Now, if this guy's correct, then dad was being rebellious. You see what I mean? It's just a bunch mm-hmm. of baloney. He's these probably are protecting th- his neck from the sun. Yeah. He would There's wear so like these goggles to protect his eyes. Yeah. This stuff to me has no place whatsoever being preached from a And from this the is just another thing too. And I'm just going to say this. And if I'm wrong, then they, they can correct me, whatever. He can correct me, this gentleman, whoever he is. You're going to be right. Trust me. You're already right. <laughs> okay. You mean to tell me that this man went up to this other guy, this preacher, went up to this man and like made sure that his overalls actually were not broken? So many things assumed there. So many things. Uh, yeah. He's just saying he thought it was cool. Yes. I'm like, no, he probably, you already said he was a Galapagos, a big guy. Yeah. How do you know his pants were, or his overalls weren't broke? There, there's so yeah. many things assumed. So I know. many things assumed. You know what? What gets me about about this whole whole situation is there. There's the other side of it as well. I don't know what his text was. I don't know where he was preaching from. What his scripture was. But I do know this: he's not preaching that text. He's not preaching that. You're scripture. exactly right. He's not. <laughs> he's not preaching yeah. the word of God. And so he has done his congregation a disservice and an injustice. Mm-hmm. And he's done God a disservice and an injustice by violating the teaching of scripture by refusing to teach scripture. Right. He got up there, no doubt, read some random verse from God only knows where and uh, jumped right into preaching on backwards hats and overalls with the strap undone. You know, meanwhile, there is healthy, powerful, life-changing, eternal scripture that he could be giving to, to these people. And he chose to go ahead and do something foolish It was like, that. like a misused opportunity that could have been so powerful sure. for like a really good mm-hmm. Just even like the plan of salvation or how to witness to someone or like so many Absolutely. questions that young Christians or young people, because obviously I think he's his focus, I'm going to say, is probably towards young people. That's why he keeps talking mm-hmm. about the hats backwards and he's talking about the overalls and he's talking about all the cool things, which I don't think overalls are cool. When do you know? Overalls are not cool. No, they're not. They're the yeah. hideous, most hideous things. I, hate I don't think them. that's the intent. I yeah. think that's right. the intent. Yeah, they're, they're used for functionality, which is that's why right. they. The farmers used them because it actually protects their bodies. Right. It's overalls. It's over all your clothes. Um, well, and what, what gets me about it is, and, and, and I hate to speculate um, because I don't know this man, the service. I know nothing about the specifics, but just, just saying there's the possibility that somebody in that service was struggling with something. 
uh, a woman that her husband just just left her or somebody that found out they had a terminal illness or somebody's child you know, uh, was involved in a bad car accident. Some people with real problems. Right. Yes. And the word of God could have spoken into their situation and encouraged, lifted them up, maybe given them some great truth in the stand on. But what do they walk away with? Don't wear your overalls the wrong way. Right. Turn your right. hat around the right, right. way. They you walk know? away with total trash. That's the thing. And I think that's what makes me so upset, angry, whatever you say about this stuff. It's total garbage. When like Don said, there's people that's actually struggling. Right. And you preach on overalls. And also, like you were saying, Don, I don't know what the man's text was, but I promise you he wasn't preaching because it don't say that in the Bible. <laughs> right. Yeah, right. And these guys just get on there. And <clears throat> there's so many. I mean, this was like an hour long sermon. We can't even begin to scratch uh. the surface on the things we're said here. But this stuff is so. Uh, people get so hostile about it. And Don, you ran into some of this uh, a while back on your side of the movement because uh, mm-hmm. Natalie Edmondson, who's been on the podcast before, she got attacked by. Oh my Lord, a couple different people. A lot of their basis was because she's questioning the holiness standards and stuff like that. If, if I'm, if I'm not wrong there. Oh, you're right. You're, you're absolutely, you're absolutely right. Um, I, I can talk about some of that now if you want me to, absolutely. if you want to keep going through the sermon. No, this is okay. A- um, so kind of the way that that all sh- shook out was um, Natalie had her thing going with Berean holiness and Natalie is sharp. Like Natalie is, she, 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 she's sharp. She knows she her is. stuff. Yep. And so, um, I had already, before she had actually began Berean holiness, I was planning on starting to kind of speak down some of these issues myself. Meanwhile, I was, I was a youth pastor within the movement at the time. So I knew I was putting myself, you know, under fire anyhow. So she starts doing her thing. I start my podcast, begin to talk about holiness standards and, and how that there's so lack, such a lack of biblical support for them. And one of the pastors gets a hold of some of our content and just absolutely blasts it. I remember it was, it was on a Sunday morning and um, I'd gotten up to get ready to go to church that morning. And um, I sat down just kind of scrolling through Facebook, you know, like we do, just killing some time. And I saw the guy's post and I just, <laughs> when I was reading it, my first thought was, huh, well, that's dumb. And just kind of, you know, went on, went on about my way. <laughs> I thought, yeah. Well, I, I was, I, I was kind of bugged, but I'm like, I'm kind of irritated by this right now. Yeah. I'm going to let it ride. I'm not going to say anything because I don't want to say it in the wrong way. And after church, I'll respond to this cat. And so I showed it to my wife and she's like, Oh wow. What are you going to do? I'm like, "Uh, I'll just give it some time. I'll I'll respond this afternoon. Get on from church that afternoon, pull up his, his page and go to comment. And well, I'm not able to comment anymore. I'm like, well, uh, I was able to comment earlier. I'm not able to comment now. What has (laughs) happened here? Um, so I, I went from like mildly irritated to like highly frustrated pretty quickly. Oh, and, yeah. Um, so I sat down and I typed out um, a long private message to him. And then there was another guy that had shared it. And I typed out a comment to him on my laptop and then sent it to both of those guys. The one guy commented on his post, um, the other pastor, but the original pastor, I couldn't comment. So I sent him a private message. And as soon as I sent that private message, I know how these guys are. Um, I thought he's going to let this message die in his inbox. He'll never respond. Nothing will happen. Mm-hmm. And he'll be able to just flex on everybody. He's really told these young people off and they're going to treat him like a hero. Yep. Like that. That's not how this is going to happen. No. So I took the whole text of his message and copied it again, pasted it over into my main feed as a post, took his name off of it. Just tried to protect anonymity as much as I could mm-hmm. and posted it. And said, hey, I didn't really want to share this this way, but I kind of feel compelled to. He made a public statement. I, this is a public response. Well, 
after that, it, it just exploded. You guys saw a lot of the fallout from that. Oh yeah. What got me, what, yeah. Well, what got me about it, um, wasn't necessarily the name calling initially. And there was a lot of that on his side and I even got involved in it too, you know? Mm -hmm. So I'm not, I'm not trying to paint myself out like a saint here. Um, but, uh, so a lot of the name calling is sort of the immaturity, but the way that people latch hold of the foolishness I saw on his side, I'm like, this is no good. This is not good at all. Right. People are being led astray. Mm -hmm. They're being abused. And then he's trying to do this stuff back over to me. And he wouldn't, um, he wouldn't even come across in a rational way, completely. I hate to even say it, but very immature. And this guy is an established minister, been preaching for years and years. And, um, you know, he, sh he should be a man that, that can, that conducts himself with a little bit of dignity. Sure. None. And so he just kind of acted a fool. A lot of people got a hold of that. They could, they could see it. And, um, through, through course of events, through everything that went on, um, I finished out my podcast, did what I could. Um, but it wound up that for all intents and purposes, I had to leave my church. I had to leave the movement. I had to make a decision for my own mental health sake, for my wife's sake, for my children's sake. Wait, are you um, a lot of backlash. Oh, are you, um, you had to leave your church over this. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which, oh, oh my Lord. In, in all honesty, it was kind of a matter of time. Sure. You know, we we yeah. kind of knew where, where we were at with things. This was this was that final push. Um, yeah, because of the way that this was all handled, the way that it was conducted, we knew that it was going to be absolutely unhealthy for us to try to stick around. I was supposed to meet with the guy. He lives in my area. So and um, let me think. I probably need to back up a little bit. I have known this man for a very very long time. Um, and not to, not to get overly personal here, but this is part of the story. So if you, if you, if you were to back up in time to around probably, I don't know, 07, 08, he went through a similar, very public, very disgraceful time in his life that I, I have, I have all grace for him in that moment. It was a difficult time in his life. So I'm sure. not trying to, to downplay that or throw shade at him. It was tough. Right. So I support him um, for the, the trial that he went through. So he went through a bad time. And it was very public. I was thinking if anybody would understand the public nature of this, he would, but he didn't. So what he, the, the, the lowest blow that I saw this guy resort to was he tried to dig back into my own personal past. And this is where it gets, this gets kind of touchy for me is, um, so, um, I'm married. I have, you know, three kids, wonderful wife, beautiful family. And I thank God for them, mm -hmm. but this isn't my first marriage. Um, I, I was married once before my, my first wife was very good friends with this other pastor and his family. Um, and she was killed in a car accident shortly a few months after we were married. Oh man! Uh, so, needless to say, that's a very traumatic thing in sure. my life. And I don't, I don't, I don't talk about it a whole lot. Um, so he reaches back into my past and brings that up. He's like, "I know what you went through, and we were all there for you." And I'm like, "Hold on, guy! You do not get to bring that up. Right? You yeah. don't get to talk about what happened to me years ago and use that to leverage your platform." You don't get to do that. That is, that's disgusting. That's distasteful. That's manipulative. That's abusive. You don't get to do that. Yeah. But he did it. People supported that. They thought it was perfectly fine that he could do that. And for me, I'm like, no, that's, I'm going to draw a hard line right there. Yes, indeed. I'm going to stand against the legalism. I'm going to come against everything that is done unbiblically, 
But not only now, now you've ventured out of just like like a doctrinal position. You've ventured over into um, uh, like an abusive uh, perspective of life, right? Yep. Like you've gone into things that are private. One guy right. told me to use the word sacred. Like that's sacred. Right. You don't sure get to is. talk about that. You know, you don't get you don't get to do you don't get to take somebody's tragedy and manipulate that to make them do what you want them to do. Right. That's abuse. Right. Yeah, it's so, so yeah, it's that, wrong, right? Uh, yeah, absolutely, it's wrong. Um, and so you know, I I, I tried to, to speak to the guy, I tried to talk to the guy. Uh, eventually, we just kind of had to say, look, we're not ever going to see eye to eye on this issue and have to walk away. So after we we've walked away, we're still kind of in in process with a lot of this even now. Um, so many false accusations, flat out lies, you know, things that just were not true. Um, were said about me. Not much was said to me because people don't really talk to me about it. <laughs> they so never much anymore. do. <laughs> but, um, you know, yeah, right. It's easy to talk about somebody than yep, talk to them. Exactly. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm just like people look, let's, let's be, let's be adult about this. Let's, let's go back to the issue. The issue is biblical. Let's talk about the Bible. Let's not drag up somebody's personal tragedies. Let's not drag up personal trauma. Let's not straw man the argument. Let's not, you know, um, tell lies about people when they're not around let's be honest you know it's not their story to tell either like i don't even know why it has to be brought up it's your story they need to leave it alone mm -hmm. <laughs> well and here's something too oh yeah don and i remember seeing after you made that uh, that post and like i said it was it was kind of an attack at you an attack at natalie and that's where your whole fuzzy face disciple <laughs> came from right. and <laughs> The things he was saying were flat out unbiblical. It was more, it was a lot like what we've listened to tonight. Right. A lot of this crap, mm -hmm. total crap, non-biblical, mm -hmm. just right. BS, total opinion, total opinion. Yep, but right. things that by yeah. George, they're willing to split a church over. And I would see some people's comments and they'd be like, oh, just handled so wrong on both sides. And I'd read that. And I'd be like, no, no, <laughs> they are teaching a bunch of crap. I will not take that because that's right. the easy way out. You know, I just, I love you both. Yep. The man just, it's like, nope, not wrong on both sides, wrong on their side. Right. Because they're yep. taking all of this man-made garbage and bringing it up to biblical levels. And then they got the nerve mm -hmm. to get up on their soapbox and start yelling and screaming and calling people fuzzy face disciples. As it, and it was a put down over mm -hmm. something that they can't even make a biblical basis for their put down. Jesus had a beard, yeah. but somehow implying that you have a beard, Don. Uh, you know, makes you the bad guy. Right. You know? Yeah. yeah. And well, the, the problem with it is that um, not only are they, they unbiblical and they come up with these, these ridiculous arguments, but then all of a sudden, because, be, because of the very nature that you have chosen to disagree, you're now bitter. Right. right? And they, yep. they throw that at you. And, and it's, it's like, oh, well, this guy is bitter now. So that elevates me. I'm not bitter. I'm, I'm godly and holy. See, I'm clean shaven. I don't have a beard. My wife has a long dress, <laughs> right. whatever the, the right. case may be. And right. to boot, I'm not bitter. So God's on my side, you know? And I'm like, no, hold on, hold on. You were wrong from the jump. You were, you were wrong from the start with this situation, you know? And like I say, I've always tried to put my hand up and say, look, I know there was things in the midst of that, that I handled wrongly and the, that I kind of let escalate too far. Mm -hmm. But if you go to the beginning of it, this man disagreed and he was wrong in the beginning of the disagreement. And I hate to sound childish, but it's one of those kind of things. It's like, well, you started it. Exactly. <laughs> you know? exactly. I mean, you started it and then couldn't finish it. And so then you had to, <laughs> that's why oh, I feel like, yeah. like with these guys, like even respond to this sermon here today, you put this in public, dude, right? 
You put this stuff well, in, it's going to. Okay. Like that one preacher who was like, you should not be critiquing the things that I've been preaching up on the pulpit. Then don't say it then on the live stream. Don't say it. Yeah. Don't put it on live stream. <laughs> don't preach to 500 people on your Sunday morning. And then like, mm-hmm. if they cannot like ask you or question you, I automatically am like, nope, sorry. Warning signs are going off. Alarm bells. We're definitely checking everything you're saying now. Here's one of the things that I think the recovering fundamentalists, if anything, I've took from them. They say it over and over again. Truth never fears a challenge. Yeah. So when these guys start doing these little tactics of like telling Don he's bitter or calling somebody else that, oh, you're just rebellious because Mm -hmm. you're. Truth never fears a challenge. So why are you afraid of the challenge? Right. You shouldn't have to resort to these ad hominem of attacks of where well, it's just because you're uh, you're not right with god no how about you just answer the question yeah We're like yeah it's not the question whether i'm right or wrong like that's not what right. the, the topic i was asking you about what you said a statement you just said and you're supposed right. to be able to like stand up and say okay i said this because i got this from this verse in the bible and i said this because of this the willingness to be wrong among pastors is nil it's, it's gone Yes. Is no, there, yeah. there is no, right. there, there's no one willing to be, Hey, you know what? If, if you see something wrong here, I am only human. I'm going to make mistakes. Mm-hmm. And another thing that I put out, um, several months ago. So before this all blew up, probably about a year ago, um, there was a holiness movement discussion page. And, um, I was already labeled because I disagreed with them on tongues. Like I, I had, you know, they'd already, you know, I was a heretic because I didn't believe in their perspective on tongues. Um, <laughs> so I knew, I knew my position. So I put kind of a challenge out there. I said, look, and, and, you know, I live right here in the, in the, like the heart of the Pentecostal holiness movement. One of our largest camp meetings is in my, my hometown. Uh, I was youth pastor at the, the host church for that camp meeting for a while. Um, so, I mean, I know a lot of these guys. Mm-hmm. I said, what we should do is get a bunch of, you know, three or four uh, well-respected pastors and three or four of us that, that disagree. Let's sit down across the table. Turn some cameras on. Let's record this. Let's live stream it or record it in some way. Get it out there so the people, the people can know. And let's let's talk this out. The challenge was never met. Nobody Mm-mm. wanted to talk. Nobody wanted. To, and even even with this other pastor, this this, well, I won't call his name, but you know you know the guy. Um, I told him, said, let's meet, let's talk, but let's record it. Let's live stream this conversation. And he said, I'll meet and I'll talk, but I won't live stream. I won't allow it to be um, put out there for people to. Why uh, not? Yeah, exactly. That's that the, that's the, big the thing. question because like, if well, you- and, and even in inside of scripture, when you read the Jerusalem council in Acts 15, you have differing opinions and perspectives on scripture. They had to get the church leaders together during that time and kind of hash this issue out and see yes. where they're going to stand on things like, like dietary laws and circumcision and, and yep. the acceptance of the Gentiles and all of that. So it's not what I'm saying is unbiblical to sit down and have brethren to have a dispute and figure out where we're going to land on these issues. That's not unbiblical. It's actually very biblical yes. to do that. But these guys are unwilling because it's easier for them to hide in their pulpits stand up and scream and holler at their congregations and blast those that disagree than it is to actually have a conversation. And now look, since I've said that, since I've said all that, uh, this will probably get back to some of those guys and they're probably going to come after me. Um, That's okay. That's okay. At this point, I'm really not interested in arguing with them any further. I disagree. I absolutely think they're wrong. I think the scripture stands opposed to their views and to their perspectives. I've left the holiness movement 
Um, I'm, I'm a part of a different church group now. So trying to make that transition. Um, but to those guys, they're going to have to, the, the next guy that comes along like me, they're going to have to answer these guys eventually because what's happening is they're killing their movement. They're yes. killing their people because there are legit questions. And at some point, not even objections, but, or questions, but actual objections that people are raising that if they don't answer that, they don't speak to that. They're going to commit church suicide yes. and their churches will die and the movements will cease to exist. So these pastors need to accept the challenge and hear what these younger guys or these other guys have to say on the matter. And why is it that we can't have differing of opinions and still get along as brethren? Because wasn't even uh, Barnabas, Paul and in the Bible mm-hmm. and Barnabas, they disagreed, but they went their separate yeah. ways. And then I believe even later on in the Bible, he even mentioned, he said, my brother Barnabas, like yeah. he actually still yeah. supported his brother in Christ, even though he disagreed with what he had to say. Why, mm-hmm. why is it the spirit of unity? Even if like you disagree on the small things, cause that's what we're talking about here. Like whether or not you wear your hat backwards or you're wearing, um, you cut your hair or you like pants, whatever it mm-hmm. is. Why can we not? Like, it, it's like we are incapable of having a spirit of unity that we all have to like yeah. be dressed alike. The Bible did not say that whenever they were in the upper room, they all dressed alike. They all wore the same things. They were all eating the same things. It just said that they were all in one accord and like of mind and, and like and soul. You know what I mean? Yes. You know, I, I feel like they handle this more like a um, like a dictatorship than a church mm-hmm. because you look at all these. I, f- I feel like we watch, you know, tiny little communism take place in these mm-hmm. churches because the yeah. way the way that you keep control, any kind of dissent. Oh, shut that up! Shut that up! Don't respond right. to it. Don't acknowledge it. Yep. Don't let that spread. Yeah. Keep because they've got a better idea than you do and you can't defend it. Therefore you cannot address it. To me, this is so, this is ridiculous. We're talking about our, you know, the world to come, right. our very salvation. Right. We shouldn't mm-hmm. be playing these games as in like, yeah. uh, you know, I don't, I can't answer Don. So therefore I'm going to pretend he doesn't exist. No. Yeah. How about you sit and maybe I, I like to take this approach. Maybe I'll learn something. Sure. Yeah. And that's why I like to hear both sides of the story. Like why, yes. why is it that we have to sit there and be like, Oh, I cannot comment on this. I can't have a free thought mm-hmm. on my own. That is slightly different than what the um, leader of the, of the church or whoever organization is because they, they, they're going to be like, Oh, that that's wrong right there. We have this weird fascination what? with uh, consistency. Yeah. When it comes to our beliefs. You look at politicians, they'll do the same thing. Well, this guy 20 years ago supported this. Yeah, he probably did. That's not the same dude. You right. know what I mean? 20 years yeah. makes sense. Like, yeah. Yeah. I remember someone. Joe Rogan said one time, it really stuck with me. He's like, none of us are the same person we were five years ago. Oh, great. Exactly. We, we change, yeah. we grow. And so, but there's this thing of like, you know, these saints of God, they didn't allow they TV never in their house. They never changed. 70 years, they never changed. Okay, and I'm, like, I'm a little worried then. Prove? What I'm does that worried. prove? Yeah. There's nothing. So th- yeah. that brings like about this thing of instead of admitting, hey, you know, I've grown in this, even though I might be 60 years old. Right. It looks better for some weird reason to just stay the same, never change and forget the dawn ever existed. Yeah. Well, what they what they do is um, so that, well, that was one of the things that this pastor said about myself, about Marian. He said to um, don't listen to them anymore. Like stop interacting with their posts. Don't watch their videos. Don't listen to their podcasts. 
just exactly what you just said. Don't act like they don't exist. Yep. And and here's the thing: they claim to be so conservative. Like your group's called the conser- or what that you are part of was called the conservative holiness movement. Our people pride themselves on conservatism. Yep. However, their their theology is so liberal, and their their perspective on their their brother is so liberal. So one thing that that they the the overriding uh, perspective of conservatism is that we're against cancel culture. You know, we don't want, we don't like cancel culture. We don't want that. Right. But they, when somebody differs with them, when somebody doesn't see it their way, boom, canceled. Yep. Don't listen to this person yep. anymore. And I know that that is what I dealt with. Um, because I went from being a somewhat, even though I was a fringe guy, you know, that the people thought that I had some quirky views that almost instantly, um, I was almost no longer even regarded as a brother. I was canceled. Um, not, and I don't just mean like, on the internet, like I don't mean people just stop listening to my podcast, which they did. Um, <laughs> but I, I mean, in reality, in relationships with people, I was canceled. I was looked at almost instantaneously as if there was something terribly wrong with me. Mm-hmm. I'm like, why? I don't understand. You guys are supposed to be kind and loving and accepting and, and hear varying perspectives and opinions. Why am I being canceled? What's happening? They're still willing to write you off as if you like you 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 don't exist anymore. And I'm kind of like, that's the wrong spirit. Like straight up, it's wrong. Things that are provably not in scripture. That's the thing that gets me. Right. Mm -hmm. And so if I if I could maybe turn this a little bit, I know that there are people that listen that have come out of the conservative holiness movement, and probably we've we've gotten some feedback from people that come out of um, you know the holiness movement, Don's side. Mm -hmm. And a lot of those people especially if they've listened to us for more than one episode, which means they're still interested. A lot of those people is usually, it's a rough exit. Yeah. I was kind of lucky in that regard. Like I wasn't thrown out. I, I just began to disagree. Just left on I mean, our own. There were some bad terms on some things, but, but there are some people that are just flat out pretty much like in the cartoons, picked up and thrown out the door. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And there can be a tendency with that to throw Jesus out with all the garbage yeah. because we can't right. separate the two. Our right. brains are so hardwired from all of the uh, brainwashing that we think Jesus equals the CHM or the holiness movement. Right. And so, like I said, I, I know that there are those like that to listen. So Don, what would you, what would you say to somebody like that? Because a lot of these people, they are, they're still hurting. Right. You know, and they're like, yeah. some of them are like, I don't even know if I believe in God after that, man, that was a mess. So what, what would you say to them, Don? Man, there, there, there are several things that I would say to them. One is for them to always keep Christ at the forefront of their focus. Jesus didn't do this to them. Um, matter of fact, he was hurt with them. He, he bears their burdens. He knows what it's like. He's, he's intent to be a yoke fellow with them. That's why I said, come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and take my yoke upon you. Learn of me. Um, so. Keep, keep proper perspective. Realize that Christ still loves and that God is still very real. Just because you were burned by religious people or religious establishment doesn't mean that Christ um, was the one who did the burning. Also, if and when you find yourself on the outside, don't wait. Don't delay. Find a church immediately. Um, go somewhere and find a group of godly, Christ-centered, Bible-believing people that will love you, that will help you. My wife had a conversation. Uh, I'll just, uh, <laughs> my wife's my cheat code, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so <laughs> she, uh, 
he was given opportunity to be the church secretary at um, the First Baptist Church here in town months prior to all this blowing up. So she already had connections and relationships and people that she knew inside of First Baptist. So while this was all going on, she just so happened to see the pastor's wife at the church one day, kind of talked with her about things a little bit and uh, expressed some of her concern. And she told uh, this pastor's wife, told my wife, said, Rachel, you guys are essentially she welcomed us there. She said, because gospel minded people do those things. And so if I were to talk to anybody who's been hurt, find gospel minded people, yeah. they will love you. Surround yourself with, with a body. And the, and the third thing I would say this is something I have done. Probably need a whole need to do it a whole lot more. Um, don't be afraid to find a therapist. Um, sure. Because mm-hmm. spiritual abuse and spiritual trauma is very real. Find somebody who's an expert. So as much as you might respect your daddy or your grandpa or whoever, and they give great advice, I'm right. not taking away from that. Sure. Find a professional. Find yep. somebody who's going to be able to talk with you and help you to work through some of these things. Um, there's there's a, a meme that goes around that says it's okay to have Jesus and a therapist. That's very true. <laughs> it is true. You know, so my my three pieces of advice: realize that that Christ didn't hurt you. Find a group of gospel believing people, and if you need therapy, don't be afraid of it. It therapy's your friend. I like that. Because like even because we're taught like the brainwashing is so so real Oh, it's effective too and right and you have to have someone to help you break that mold of like thinking in like you're that wheel that we are constantly Uh running in i'm like yeah why is the wheel always circle like a circle it can be like you know different shapes yeah (laughs) and i don't want to speak for for you two when i say this this is just my thoughts if you've especially if you've been spit out by the chm Mm -hmm. and i can only speak from the chm point of view i would find a chm church and run as far away from it as you can. <laughs> I, I know I that's know. a bit of a I joke. Know, and I, I don't say that to yep. offend, because I know there are some, know. some CHM people that listen. But I'm telling you, the dog bit you once, get a new dog. Okay? Mm-hmm. There, yeah. there, And there are some good people there. However, like I told somebody the other day, my son, who's getting ready to be born, mm-hmm. I don't trust them to not screw him up. Yeah. And I would yeah. take that approach. Make sure. And, and, and there are some good, like uh, Mark Heskett's got a good CHM church. Right. So maybe I'm generalizing sure. a bit, but yeah. I'm just saying, if you decide to go back, be extra careful so fast. So quickly. So right. very fast. Look, it's okay. It's okay to generalize. And we should. People speak out to me against general generalizations. Oh, well, not all holiness churches are like that. I didn't say that they were. But right. the, there, there's the exception. And the, the exceptional mm-hmm. churches that are out there, thank God for them. Yes. But the exception proves the rule. You're exactly right. So as a yep. rule, as a rule, they are harmful and they are hurtful. And I would agree with you. If you've been hurt by whatever your movement is, run from it. Find somewhere else to go because yes. you'll probably get hurt again. So the exception proves the rule. Yeah, there are exceptions. Thank God there are a lot of good holiness churches, good holiness people mm-hmm. that I know. However, as a rule, it's harmful. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And I'm not saying like we're not going to be hurt by other churches that are not holiness right. or anything like that. Right. There is a possibility that you will be hurt, but it's just like you've learned like there's a cycle that seems yeah. to continuously right. like, you know, how you have those games that spit out um, the balls. Like you have so many balls somewhere and like the hippo game. Yeah. It's constantly like spitting out yep. all of these balls. <laughs> like, and that's what they're doing to our young people. They're doing it to our children. They're doing it to like even older Christians, like like brand new Christians, are coming into the church. There's a reason that a lot of these churches have five church. people in them. Yes, 
You they know keep what I mean? spitting yeah. them out. Yes, mm-hmm. there's a reason. Exactly. Uh, <sighs> this has been great. This has been I've wonderful. enjoyed this so much. Don, at any yeah, time you want to come back, the only thing you got to do is ship me a message. You're on, man. <laughs> <laughs> that would be incredible. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know if you want a guy like me to come back because I'm going to cause you problems. I know that I will. <laughs> I love problems. <laughs> I love it. Hey, I like getting into this stuff, man. I feel strongly we, about we this. Do. You we know? Do. Uh, to a point, sometimes I think I obsess over too much because I've actually had yeah. to come to the point, and I feel like even within the last week, where it's like, okay, Phil, it's time to quit trying to justify yourself to them and it's time yeah. to focus more on where you're moving forward because like like you're talking yeah. about your target audience like we talked about that i don't know if we were recording when you talked about that but like there's we're doing this if it helps one person just yeah. make it to heaven this is like the reason why we're our our ministry is to those who have been spit out yeah. by the hippos in church. Not the movement. The movement. i not. was in the movement I, yes I know we the left it for a reason we the know it doesn't care exactly. what we're but there are those, like all three of us, apparently. Right. And they're like, you know, and there's some that. There's something you know, better out there. And just landed on the wrong side of it and don't know what to do. And right. I feel like, you know. Yeah, there, there are people out there that are, that are hurting. And yes. I don't I don't want to look at those um, that, that are hurting and just cast them aside. I don't think that's what Christ does. Right. And uh, we, we may feel, and, and let's face it, the three of us, we have our own hurts. We're sure. broken. Um, but that is exactly the type of people that Christ came for was the broken people. Mm-hmm. Well said. Well said. Yep. Miss you got anything else before we shut it down? No, it was great. Right. I've missed this. I've I been know. off for a few <laughs> it's shows, been so <laughs> it's been nice. I've enjoyed it greatly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, hey, guys, thanks thanks for uh, having me on the show. I appreciate it so much. Don, Thank it's you been for great, being man. Here. And I'm serious. Anytime. Like I said, come cause me some more problems. <laughs> <laughs> Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C., As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, 
according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. 